When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Oh, hello you. My name is Tom Price. Hello, I'm Dave Cribb. You should come and join us. Every day we do a podcast called Cabin Fever, where we talk to loads of comedians who've had to cancel everything else in their lives. So they come on our podcast instead, don't they, Dave? Yeah, it's an isolation podcast. Uh, it's Dave, were you yawning at the start of that sentence then? Was it just a little yawn? Yeah, it's basically the Great Big Owl isolation podcast. We'll have people on from all our podcasts, from your Rule of Threes, your Brian and Rogers, your Musicals, your Bitchins. If you like any of our podcasts, if you like any of those people, chances are they'll be logging onto the Zoom call and just chatting, because let's face it, they got nothing else to do. Also, there'll be a quiz on the bill. All right, see you soon. Lots of love. Cabin F-E-A-3709. Oh, 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 that's our Twitter name. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. You're about to listen to a Sue Clinch production. I uh, should warn you, the following is not suitable for children. There's a lot of fucking swearing and stuff to be honest it's deeply inappropriate and I actually think pretty fucking rude enjoy the show hope it gives you some comfort I am a man and a man is who I am hello my angels I'm back back with another anecdote it's Anna Mann here, your old pal. Bit of a famous face. You're probably blushing just listening to me. It's all right, it's all right. It's not easy meeting your heroes, I know. And in this case, when I say meet, it's more a case of listening to them speak. But there's a wonderful personalness to these podcasts, isn't there, that you don't always get in the theatre. It's not quite the same. Here I feel like I'm literally talking into your ears, where in the theatre you don't really get that level of connection, you know, with your audience, unless, like me, you have a tendency to leap up on stage and try and get involved in the play, which I do. It's how I've got most of my work over the years. One of my old agents got me onto the idea, funnily enough. I was on the phone complaining to her that she hadn't got me an audition for some time. I mean, I think it was, I don't know, a decade. And she said, well, I can't get you the work. You have to get it yourself. I said, what? She said, well, I can only put you up for things. I said, but you're not doing that either, darling. You're not doing that. She said, well, you have to get noticed, don't you? You have to get noticed, darling. Have you tried jumping up on stage and joining in with a play? Is that allowed, I ask? Yes, that's how a lot of the big names got work back in the day. Hopkins was infamous for it. The unspoken rule is, if you're better than the actors actually cast in the play, you're allowed to come back the next day. And the unfortunate actor you replace is back on the dole. But if you're not as good, you have to give the show a year's equity pension. So it's a real gamble, you know. But it can pay off. My pension has now been reduced to minus figures... But I did once get to play the role of Soldier Three in Pericles, so, you know, Swings and Roundabouts. Which is the other play I got into this way, Swings and Roundabouts. It was achingly clever, and all about the complicated issues in the Middle East, but told on a tiny playground in Plymouth. So, today's anecdote is all about 
why it's best not to worry. You know, I try and give a bit of advice from my many years to you. I know we're all going through tough times. We all are. But it's really best just not to worry in a way, you know. Why worry? We're all worrying, aren't we? We're worrying at the minute about every little thing because everything becomes so huge, you know. It's blown up out of proportion. We worry about everything. Did I put the right milk in my coffee or did I accidentally use some of Sue's milk? Ugh! Hopefully not. You know, she's been lactating randomly for years and she bottles it up and keeps it in the fridge. She never labels the bottles and it's very potent stuff. She's actually started selling it to rat exterminators. Really dangerous. I think it's just her body's way of trying to escape from Sue, if that makes any sense. It's just sort of flooding itself out through any hole it can. But yes, we do worry, don't we? We worry all the time. You know, was I wearing pants on that Zoom call? Yes, you were, Anna, but you were sadly wearing them on your head. Your fanny were broadcast to the Royal Opera House. So there's so much to worry about, isn't there? But this is why you shouldn't. A long time ago, I spent a marvellous summer touring a brilliant educational piece called Get Out of the Trees. It was all about evolution and why it's a good thing and real. I think it was actually attempting to encourage children to evolve more. Um, I don't know if you remember this, but there was a lot of concern back in the 80s that we, as the human race, had just stopped evolving there was a, a report written or something that made us think it, and people got very concerned that we'd just stopped. Should we be encouraging people to evolve more? You know, I think it was one of the Thatcher government's later and madder ideas. You know, the intention was to encourage a sort of evolution. If evolution is happening, A, can we make it happen more because it's not happening enough? B, can we shape it a bit? You know, so the poor just got to get really big muscles but don't have a mouth, you know, so the upper classes don't have to listen to their endless droning. And the upper classes would evolve down a different path, becoming much more intelligent, growing bat wings and becoming immune to gout. Of course, the whole thing came to nothing in the end. It was just some mad science written by very young Dominic Cummings. But my old theatre company managed to scoop a lovely chunk of Tory mad dosh to go spreading these things around schools. When I say things, I mean ideas. Now, in the cast, there was myself, my best friend Sue Clinch, who, of course, represented the devolved human. She's not well, bless her. And around this time, she had developed a sort of rash that gave a whole entire body the consistency and shape of a potato, which was horrible for her, but great for the role. Also, the director and producer, the boss, was a young but very posh actress called uh, Maleficent Ball. And also, there was a very promising young star, Harry Muscles, who was, of course, best known for her role as one of TV's gladiators. She was the hairy, muscly one. You remember her. Anyway, we did the show. Afterwards, I'm having a fag and a bit of blow with the headmaster from the school and discussing the show. And he's talking about what he thought, you know, what he thought of the play. And I, I got a bit, you know, when you've had a bit of blow with the headmaster and you start sort of saying things that you sort of regret, you know, because you're being a bit rude, really. You know, you're saying the things that really you should never say to the audience. You keep it within the cast. And I've learned this, you know, if you're going to slag someone off, at least slag them off with other members of the cast, not with your audience. And I sort of said, well, I thought Maleficent was a little bit average, you know, I thought really she shouldn't really be an actor. You know, some people have it and some people don't. And some people get it, 
but have to pay for it. And some people do have it, but forget where they put it. Sue Clinch is not well. But the point is, Maleficent was the writer and the producer, you see, and she cast herself as the main role. And I was there slagging her off. But you know when someone says something and you sort of jump on it, you know, you get too excited. You know, so the, the headmaster said something like, oh, you were so good. What was the posh one, though? I didn't really like her. And I immediately jumped in, you know, and you sort of say the odd thing yourself, like, yeah, she's shit, isn't she? Um, anyway, Harry Muscles, who I adored, by the way, great actress, she was there. She turned round. She said, you can't say that. Not about her. You wouldn't even be here if not for her, she said. She was closely related to Tom Jones. I panic. I say, oh, no, 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 you've got me wrong, Harry Muscles. No, please, 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 no, 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 I, 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 no, 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 I didn't, you know, I was just sort of, when I say, like, you know, no, you said she was shit, you said she was shit. I said, well, no, when I say shit, I mean, you know, I mean developing, I mean there's incredible potential there. Anyway, too late, says Harry Muscles, I'm going to tell her. Fuck, you know, oh, God, cut two. Our next show, all the way up in Berwick-upon-Tweed, I'm an absolute nervous wreck, you know, waiting for the Sword of Damocles to fall or drop or whatever it did or chop. I get to the dressing room. No one's there. Fuck. I'm sweating. I'm feeling awful. I'm so guilty for slagging off the director and the producer and the writer and the star, Maleficent Ball. Is anyone following this? I think I am. Anyway, I'm panicking, I'm panicking, panic, panic. I feel so bad, so guilty. I keep washing my hands over and over again, but I can't get the stain of guilt of what I've done off, you know, mainly because I had it tattooed on in a moment of drunken madness the night before, and that doesn't come off with water, not a tattoo. Anyway, I'm sat there sweating an absolute watermill, ready to get my marching orders. I hear the door, someone walks in. I turn around, it's Sue Clinch. Anna, have you heard? It's all right, Sue. I'm sacked. I get it. I get it. She sent you to tell me. That's fine. It's been wonderful working with you, or at least around you. One doesn't really act on stage with Sue. One acts in spite of her, if you know what I mean, or whatever weird character choice she's chosen. And you just pretend it isn't happening, and hopefully so does the crowd. Anyway, I get my coat and a couple of other people's coats, because I think if I'm being kicked off the show, I might as well nick some stuff. Sue says, no, Anna, no, it's Harry Muscle. She's in the hospital. She accidentally drank some of the milk I was selling to NASA for rocket fuel. <gasps> Harry Muscles? Is she, will she pull through? They think so, but it's very sad she's lost all her muscles. Oh, dear. And all her hair. Oh, no, but that was all she was, I said. Plus, she can't remember anything from the last two weeks. Oh, God, I say. Thank God, Sue. I mean, poor Harry and all that. But, you know, she was going to blab about me slagging off the director. She would have sacked me. Close shave there, darling, if you know what I mean. Oh, no, I've already told Maleficent about that. Was I not meant to? Says Sue. At which point the director storms in and screams at me for upwards of ten decibels. And I'm sacked, not only from the play... But for I'm working with anyone from Shropshire, where she was from, it's a very close-knit theatre scene there. So I guess the point I'm trying to make, darlings, is just don't worry. You know, why bother worrying? You might live in terror that something awful's going to happen, some person's going to ruin your life and destroy everything, but chances are they won't, and some other idiot will, Sue Clinch. Don't think I've forgotten. Anyway... 
Loving you all, my darlings. I'm going to try and keep to a routine from now on, which I think the plan is Sunday, Wednesday interview, Friday anecdote. And I'll try and fit another one in if I can. The show is back on Saturday. And a little sneak thing for you. We've got a very special guest. We've got Kimberly Wyatt, who is a pussycat doll. What a bizarre combination. Wouldn't that be wonderful? And also my actual nephew, Phil Dunning, is coming on. So that will be nice. So don't forget to log in on the 16th of May, day after my birthday. Thank you. Um, for my, my sex, cheese and self-isolation party on twitch.tv slash nextupcomedy. I hope you enjoyed this. Please share, tell your friends, support Patreon slash Animan if you can. But whatever you do, just keep on doing it. You know, come on. I know everyone's getting a bit bored of the lockdown stuff, but we'll do it together. Just hang in there, kids. We can make it. We can make it. And if we don't, you know, fuck it. Anyway, love ya. Bye. That was a Sue Clinch production. I hope you enjoyed it. Please do listen to her regular podcast, Talking to Actors, every Wednesday, starting again uh, soon. And if you want to be a Patreon, then do it. Go on Patreon. Look up Talking to Actors. Yana man, give us a quid. We're fucking starving here. Also, you can follow Anna and Colin on Twitter. Colin Oak Comedy, Animan Actress, Instagram, Facebook, you know what to do. And don't forget, every Saturday night at 10 in the evening, you can see Anna live on a new streaming show, Animan's Cheese Sex Self-Isolation Party, with special guests like Mae Martin, Nick Elm, and that lot. It, it's really good fun, and it's on Twitch dot com slash next up comedy also definitely follow Anna on her Facebook page because she's going to put some exciting new things on there once she gets a finger out of her ass and check out colinholt.net which is going to be back up online soon and there's more stuff on there alright take care of each other uh, we'll get through this together GreatBigOwl.com Can't face those Twitter notifications? Forgot to watch anything but Netflix? Dreading the video conference small talk at nine? You need a news vitamin, you know. You need the Smart 7. It's a brand new daily podcast that puts your brain into gear. Everything you need to know in less than seven minutes. You need the smarts. Hey, we got the smarts. The Smart 7, every weekday at 7am. Available right now on Spotify and all the usual places.